And hello everyone, my dear viewers and listeners. Welcome to this, the 24th episode of Peter's Content-Free Podcast. I am your host and speaker today for, I think, what might be the final episode of Peter's Content-Free Podcast. Um, I don't mean to say that there won't be future podcast episodes, but uh, I think I might just make like a new podcast with a new different name. That's all. Some of you have probably noticed that I haven't made one for several months now. For a while there at the beginning, I had made several. Uh, you know, maybe the, I was making them for like, maybe like one a month or something. And then there were some breaks and it got less frequent. Um, th this kind of thing, it kind of, it kind of depends on uh, my other creative outlets as far as talking about things, right? For a while, I didn't want to make podcasts because I was streaming or, or it was more difficult to make podcasts because I was streaming and uh, I was talking about stuff on stream that I would otherwise put in podcasts. Um, and then for a long time when I wasn't streaming, basically the perfect storm for making podcasts for me seems to be not streaming, uh, not going to therapy, uh, not making long videos, stuff like that. Pretty much having no other outlets and then it all gets funneled into making a podcast, right? I, I don't make a podcast because um, I want to make a podcast really. It's because I have things bouncing around in my head and I want to say them. Um, and I don't know why I haven't made them recently. I think I just didn't feel like it or because I haven't been making, I haven't been streaming. I guess some of my videos have been a little bit longer. So I've been talking about more things like lately. I just haven't, have been making videos that are, you know, 20 minutes or so throughout my, throughout my YouTube career. A lot of my videos were closer to, you know, five or 10 minutes. I think a lot of time I, I was even trying to make videos that were three or five or seven minutes long. Uh, but lately it seems like my videos have been closer to 20 minutes long. I don't know where, why I started doing that. Uh, maybe I got it, got it into my head that there was some idea that that was better. Maybe I read some little thing about how the algorithm liked that better. I don't know. Trends happen. Who knows why? But yeah, let me touch briefly, of course, on my current coffee habits, as as we know. Oh, oh, I should say that I have mentioned in previous podcasts that I wanted, when, once I'm done with the 24th episode, I want there to be 24 hours of podcast to listen to, right? So I did some rough calculations, and I feel like I probably made a mistake somewhere along the way, but I did some calculations, and according to these calculations, the first 23 episodes uh, amount to... 1,363 minutes, and if you do 24 times 60, um, that's 1,440, so that leaves 77 minutes for the 24th episode. Um, so an hour and 17 minutes, if this episode is at least that long, that should put us over the 24-hour mark for Peter's Content-Free Podcast Season 1, possibly the only season. 
Um, and you should maybe we can do some brainstorming later on in this in this episode for possible names for the next podcast. I think the I think the issue is that I'm I made a mistake with the naming of the podcast, calling it the content free podcast. It doesn't roll off. I don't know. It does kind of roll off the tongue for me, but I do too much um, self. It's too self deprecating, right? I named it that because I didn't want people to think like. You know, like, oh, what's he going to talk about today? Like, what's the topic of his podcast? I did like the idea that I could just get on and talk about anything or nothing, right? But it doesn't sound super exciting if people who aren't afraid, aren't aren't familiar with me, um, see it. Um, I don't know. I, I got to get better at being my own hype man, right? And and calling it the content free podcast is just kind of dehyping myself. I don't know. So there's got to be some middle ground. I'm not going to call it, you know, like the ba- the greatest podcast ever, you know, or whatever. But there's, I don't know. Anyway, so um, I'll think about it. We'll talk about it. Basically, what I've been doing with coffee lately is I'm back to cold brew coffee, and I've I've gone back and forth on this. Sometimes I I drink hot coffee and I swear up and down that it's the best thing ever. No, no, no matter the the season or time of year, time of day, and I drink hot coffee and I brew it or buy it or whatever. Sometimes I make my own cold brew coffee. I have a little press thing that one of my friends gave me for my birthday. I think I could make my own cold brew coffee if I wanted, but it's a little bit inconvenient because it's just one more thing you gotta clean and you gotta start it brewing like the day before. So because it's gotta brew for at least twelve hours in the fridge and so on and so forth. And I. Love the convenience of just going to the grocery store every now and then and buying like two or three or four jugs of this cold brew coffee, and it's not that expensive. I just it's it's that really the only inconvenient thing about this cold brew coffee, the way I do it right now, is that um it's really the only thing in that far corner of the grocery store that I buy down there with the orange juice. Sometimes I was drinking orange juice, but um, I don't know. It seems like no matter what I do in life, there's always someone out there to tell me that it's bad for you. I mean, even the most healthy stuff. Like, I mean, orange juice. I mean, even if you drink orange juice, someone will be like, "No, nah, that's that's gonna that, that'll kill you. That'll kill you sooner than you know it. It's got oranges and juice in it, and and sugar." cancer i'm like the alternate the alternate is i'm drinking soda isn't it better but then but then they'll be like nope look at this article orange juice is actually worse than soda there's always some article and they're like you're just gonna die so i'm just like well i'm just gonna drink this cold brew coffee and so i i drink two big i'm at the point where i'm drinking two big glasses of cold brew coffee a day and um Sometimes I debate drinking a third, but then I'm just like, no, I don't think I've ever drinking a third yet. I drink one cold brew coffee glass in the morning, and then I wait a few minutes, and then I drink the second one. And uh, I, I just feel like if I drink that third one, I'll I'll, I'll quickly get to that point where I'm uh, start feeling uncomfortable. Just you know, the caffeine shakes. You get a little bit caffeine shaky. You get a little bit caffeine uh, tummy achy, and uh, 
and there's not really anything to do for it except maybe pop a Tums or two and wait it out. Drink a lot of water. And it still happens sometimes. Lately, here's my, um, this has been my, my diet lately. This is what I've been trying to stick to with mixed results. Um, once again, this is all just stuff I buy prepackaged at the store because, look, people, some people, like, they, huh, they're like cooking. They go on and on about cooking and how great it is. And I just cannot get on board with cooking. I don't know what it is about cooking that it just is, feels like such a drag to me. I don't like it at all. I would rather almost do anything than cook. Um, I don't know why. Maybe maybe there'll be some transition in my life when I'm be like, wow, I love cooking now. And uh, I can't believe I didn't before, but I love it now. I mean, there have been changes in my life where I have, you know, I mean, just like I didn't used to like coffee and now I do like it. Maybe there will be a point where I'm like, wow, I love cooking. I'll have to... Um, Maybe I should take a closer look at what catalyzed those other fundamental fundamental changes in my life and see if I can manipulate myself to create one of those changes so that I like cooking as well. But right now, the pro- I think the main problem is that I don't mind spending a few more dollars and uh, to have the food pre-made for me, right? Because the bigger inconvenience is the time it takes to, to cook. Um I don't want to just stand around cooking. Maybe if I didn't live alone and I had someone to share it with, then it would be more fun to cook for someone or with someone. But if you're just alone, I don't know. Um, so what is what I do? I I get my cold brew coffee, a glass, a pint glass, and I have a, a yogurt, either strawberry or blueberry yogurt. Activa, Activa. This is my third brand of yogurt I tried. The first two brands, I don't know what was wrong with them. I didn't like them for some reason. They were, I don't know, the the cup, the yogurt cup sizes were wrong or the way they were mixed or something about them was off. I don't know. I don't really remember, but I settled, settled on this brand, Activa uh, yogurt. I get, the, you get them in tw- 12 packs, two connected cups of six you bend them back and forth, they crack apart, you peel the top off, you stuff to mix a little bit, and I eat it with a spoon, it's very satisfying, I, I eat that, I have my yogurt, and there's something about that combination of the coffee and the yogurt, which always kind of um, gives me a sore throat, and I think it's the yogurt, which is weird, because yogurt seems very smooth and soothing, it's like... I don't know, something about it. I mean, maybe it's the dairy because I've heard people say dairy, like people, like voice actors and stuff say they don't eat any dairy because it's bad for their throat or their vocal cords or something because I can have a, I can have a, a, the coffee by itself later in the day and it doesn't bother my throat at all. But just for a few minutes, for like an hour after finishing the coffee and yogurt i'll have like just a little bit of a sore throat like i'll just be like you know clear my throat a little bit or coughing or something and it happens every day but i don't change anything i'm because i'm just very stubborn like that it's just not bad enough it's just a very mild inconvenience and it's not bad enough for me to change my ways sometimes at the same time i also have a prepackaged salad 
Um, or sometimes I save the salad till a little bit later in the day, but sometimes if I save the salad till too much later in the day, then I have a different dish. Uh, for a while I was having the salad and the yogurt at the same time. And I think it was, I don't remember why I stopped doing that, but I did. These are these salads where you just have like a piece of plastic across the top, you peel it off and there's like this little kind of Lunchables tray of um, there's like, depending on the salad you get, I get a chef salad or a Santa Fe salad. There's like this little tray of things to go in the salad and a little cup of salad dressing. And I, at first for a while, I was trying to mix all this stuff up in the bowl it all comes in, but it's just too small. And um, invariably, some of the some of the stuff ends up coming out of the bowl and making a mess, and I'm paranoid about ants. I still have an ant. I have an ant problem right now. I keep putting ant bait traps out, and they just never end up going away completely. And I went over to my mom's house not too long ago to um, visit with my nephew because my sister brought her son over there, and I was hanging out with my nephew. And my mom just had like a couple little ants um, crawling around on her counter, and she just didn't seem to care. I'm like. Maybe it's okay to have a couple little ants, but I have more than a couple little ants and it's a, it's not okay with me because I was even drawing. I was even sitting there drawing at my drawing table in the kitchen and it, I, I couldn't tell if an ant, where it came from, but an ant plopped down on the desk right in front of me and it was stunned for a moment before it started crawling around again. Uh, and I couldn't, I was freaked out because I couldn't tell if it, fell from my hair, worst case scenario, which I think has actually happened before. That's terrifying. It makes me feel disgusting because it makes me just wonder how long it has been in there. I don't think it fell from my hair because I had just taken a shower. But then I had this image of maybe like an ant popping out of my shower head somehow. That was just like horror movie nightmare fuel type imagination stuff though. I don't think that's what happened. I think it fell from the ceiling or I also had a fan blowing on me. Maybe it somehow got caught up in the fan and blew through the fan and landed on the desk in front of me. Anyway, so I put another um, one of those ant bait things out. And uh, basically how they work is like they attract a bunch of ants. And so for like two or three days, there's even more ants. They attract like, it turns into like a little ant festival, like a little ant smorgasbord as they all gather up and 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 just start munching on the the colorless the fluid in there. If you ever spill any of it out of the little bait trap, um, that stuff is sticky, super sticky. It's like the ants love it, but I guess they take it back to wherever ants live or come from. Hopefully, they take it back to the super ant hive queen in the middle of the center of the earth where all ants come from and that thing dies and we never see any ants again they take back the poison all the way there that's the ideal outcome but i think now that it's getting warmer inside and outside the summer's coming spring is here uh, I think that bugs are just going to be a problem again. I had a brief respite during the winter when I didn't really see any bugs. And that was nice. The pesticide, the uh, exterminator guy came. Tell me, I, I don't understand this. What's the difference between a, a terminator and an exterminator? Both those words mean the same thing, except that 
an exterminator is like a former terminator. But exterminate means to end or destroy or remove, right? And so does a terminator. Why are there two separate words? Maybe terminator is more of the more of the fanciful words. The, the more fanciful word, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger type thing he was. But Arnold Schwarzenegger is no longer the Terminator, so he is also an exterminator. Anyways, every time I talk to one of the Terminators that comes, I have a brief chat with them about cockroaches and what cockroaches want and desire and how they think, And because I'm trying to get in the mind of my enemy. And every time they give me a different... Uh, and often conflicting ideas about cockroaches because one of them will tell me that cockroach um, antennas can sense moisture and stuff like that and that cockroaches, uh, you know, they will go after the food like any, like food you have left sitting out and stuff like that and then the next exterminator that comes around should be like, oh, I think that's all just that's all just old wives' tales it's just urban legends uh, they just if you leave any lights on, you know, that's probably why they came out. They just like the warmth in your house and stuff like that. They all just, I'm like, y'all, y'all need to have like little exterminator meetings and get your stories straight. Cause for, from now on, I'm just going to Wikipedia it. I think stop asking the quote unquote professionals. If the professionals can't even get their stories about cockroaches to align. Anyways, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So I don't put the salads in the bowls that they come with. I have other slightly larger bowls to mix all the ingredients in. I put the lettuce in there and I end up throwing away a lot of um, forks. They give me a plastic fork every time, but I prefer to use my own metal fork that I have. I have my own forks, okay? They don't need to send me forks, but there's a fork in each one and I throw it away and I feel bad it's wasteful, but um, I'm, I guess I'm just a wasteful person. Um, I put the lettuce in there and I put the little slice bits of ham and what else is there? There's some other ingredient. Oh, cheese. There's grated cheese. And then I pour the ranch dressing on top and mix it all up and I eat that. And I mean, it's not very physically satisfying, but it makes my, I don't know, I feel my conscience is slightly satisfied. And then I have these other meals that I microwave. They're microwavable meals. I eat pretty bad, pretty pathetically, okay? I don't eat a lot of very good food. Um, but I, I, they make me feel slightly better in the sense that they're not frozen, the ones I microwave, okay? They're like in this refrigerated section at the grocery store. And I keep them refrigerated, so I'm, I'm tell, telling myself that that's slightly better food because it was never frozen. It's, it's refrigerated food like this um, spaghetti and meatballs and uh, mashed potatoes and, and, and um, meatloaf and some sort of like n other noodles with chicken and uh, sausages and so on and so forth, etc., etc. And I don't know, it fills my belly most days. Sometimes it doesn't completely fill my belly, but I don't know. I, can't, I just, I'm not going to, I don't know. It's better than anything I could cook is a problem. Or would cook. The only thing I can cook is brownies, and I don't even want to do that. In fact, I think after this, I'm going to go throw away that brownie mix I have on top of the fridge because I'm thinking that ants are probably attracted to it. 
And then I have this really bad habit of going to McDonald's pretty frequently. It's just down the road. I mean, it's sometimes it's the only way, reason I get out of the house. And I go to McDonald's, I go to the drive-thru, and I order a, a large number three no pickles with a Coke. That's a quarter pounder, a quarter double quarter pounder with cheese, no pickles. And I know it's bad for me. Like, I know it's bad for me, but it's also good for me because a lot of the time I'm having a bad day up until that point. And then I'm having a good day after that. I mean, how can you argue with that? Eating that food makes me feel better. Like, I've... It's, it's statistically proven. I can be sitting there having a bad day. And I've noticed that eating any other food I have makes me feel the same. Or it's just frustrating how unsatisfying any other food is, right? My salads, my yogurts, coffee makes me feel good. Maybe it's just the caffeine and the Coke. I, I know that food is that food from McDonald's is trash. Like I know it's bad for me. I feel like I'm killing myself in slow mo eating that food, but at least I feel good. I don't know. I know that sounds grim, but I don't know. I feel like what's th is there a point to living my life? Being healthy if I'm miserable the whole time? I don't know. Someone explain it to me. What's the point in like, I feel like a lot of people do a lot of things and I, I feel like I'm pressured to do these things because it's like these are uh, portrayed as the good things that you're supposed to do, like eat tons of fruit and vegetables and work out and exercise and all these other things. These things are... They don't make me feel good that I know of. I mean, I've tried doing them. I eat the salads. I take vitamins. I, I've been going for lots of walks. Uh, but, but eating McDonald's m makes me feel good. So what gives? And I, I mean, I know the downside. I'm getting fat, right? But... What's the downside of getting fat? You're less attractive? Is life only worth living if you're attractive? Is that the message? You could die of heart disease. No one's going to live forever anyways. I don't know. Am I, am I shaving 20 years off my life? Is that what someone's telling me? I don't know. I know it's grim, but I don't know if I want to have you know, gamble on having 20 extra years in my life if I have to live 40 miserable years to do it. I don't know. That's a weird gamble in itself. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, anyways, I don't want to get too deep into this because it's, I feel like I'm saying some weird stuff. Um, anyways, yeah, I have been, I have been walking a lot for like a month or two. I went walking twice a day three miles each time, like six miles a day. And it's mostly because I was listening to some really interesting stuff. Uh, excuse me, on Audible. And uh, then I I stopped walking because I don't have anything to listen to now. Or I can, 
I stopped being interested in what I am listening to now or something like that. Um, anyways, I'll tell you what I listened to so far that kept me walking. First, I li- and I've mentioned some of this stuff on, on here already. Um, first, I listened to A History of Western Philosophy by Bertrand Russell. And some people have already mentioned, you know, Bertrand Russell, this, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that book had much of his own, much, much of his own philosophy in there. But it was a good place to start. Actually, I take that back. It was a really rough place to start because it was 38 hours long and had a lot of words I didn't understand. But uh, then I listened to A Little History of Philosophy by Nigel Warburton. It was only like eight hours long, a little bit better. But from there, that's kind of what how I wanted to start. And then I thought, hey, let me just like scroll through Audible and see what else I want to listen to. Because then I had the whole world in front of me. I think I was like a little bit, uh, I felt a little bit deprived because I was raised in a very uh, Christian household and I was just, uh, I don't know, I was raised to think, you know, just like the only thing that is correct and true is, you know, Christianity. And that's, it was a very dogmatic household and I wasn't really encouraged to like consider any other ways ways of thinking or philosophies or anything and i i don't know it's just kind of exciting to think that hey i can i'm i'm allowed to consider other things like that's that's awesome um so then i started by listening to uh these these great courses lectures one called uh no excuses existentialism I'm looking at the app now, sorry. Existentialism and the Meaning of Life. That was 12 hours. Um, And then from that one, that was obviously about existentialism. From that one, I listened to another 12-hour one called uh, Will to Power, the Philosophy of Friedrich Nietzsche. Obviously, I mean, Nietzsche is just one of those names that you hear around, associated with philosophy and existentialism. A lot. And then from there, I listened to another 12 hour um, lectures on, excuse me, Buddhism. Something about talking into a microphone that pushes up all of the air out of your stomach. Both makes me sound like I'm going to burp and makes me burp. Yeah, so I went from all of philosophy to existentialism to Nietzsche to Buddhism. And it was very interesting. And then I, it kind of fizzled out. Um, I started some other little books, but I just, it didn't catch on because I started listening to, I started like pressuring myself to get through too much stuff. I got like too excited about it and started listening to books at like 1.5 speed or 1.2 times speed, right? Um, I, I just need to slow down and think like it's not a rush. It's not a race. I don't need to rush through it. I just need to get something interesting in my head to to go through something to think about, um, and and just I don't know something interesting because I pretty much only listen to these audiobooks when I'm walking. So I'm, I was really happy that it got me out there walking, got me sunshine, fresh air, and exercise. Some amount of exercise, anyways. I don't know how much exercise you really get. I mean, I probably burned at least a calorie every day. I didn't. I didn't suddenly get skinny. 
but it made me feel slightly better about eating a McDonald's McDonald's if I if I if I walked six miles every day as well. Although I'm not sure, I probably didn't cancel it out. Probably still high high risk of getting kidney stones and stuff like that. I need to figure it all out. Obviously, it's I'm not I'm not content with eating at McDonald's, but I still do it sometimes too too often. I feel bad about it, but I keep doing it. I don't feel bad when I do it. I feel bad later when I think about it. When I do it, I think this this will make me feel better, and then it does. Basically, the coolest thing I got, not the coolest thing, but something cool I thought of, I realized from listening to these philosophy books. Um, basic for for so long, I, I hesitated to even like talk about philosophical things because I feel like it can get kind of um, awkward quickly. Um, I, I have so much respect for philosophers just for being able to say what they think because that's like the opposite of me. Everything I say, I tend to um, couch in a lot of little statements that says, you know, but maybe this, um, you know, and I, I, I say everything very uncertain, uncertainly. Is that a word? Right? I'm always, I, I have a tendency to say things in ways that make so much room for being wrong. Right? But these philosophers kind of do the opposite thing and they say, in the sense that they say like, hey, this is what I think like the truth is. Like this is how life works. This is like the nature of reality, right? And sometimes they were completely, um, their, their ideas were completely different than like everyone else in the world at the time. But also I think they're, they were smart enough and flexible enough to be able to uh, change their minds if presented with ideas that um, were worthy of changing their minds, right? They weren't too but too dogmatic. All right. I, uh, so at this moment, I will tell you some of my philosophical ideas so far at this moment. Uh, this is what I think with – I don't think this is too – too squishy of a way to state this, but it's just, I think this is obviously the way it should be, but I'll state this with the, um, with the knowledge that if I am presented with new ideas that, uh, seem better or could change my way of thinking, then I may well change my way of thinking. I think that's one, one reason why I'm like, afraid of when people say like, Hey, what's your favorite this? What's your, what's your favorite that? I'm like, why, why you gotta like, I don't want to tell you my favorite. I don't want to be like, um, nailed down to, to having a favorite, to being, I don't want to be this thing in your mind. Like, I don't want, I don't want to be, you know, like what's your favorite movie? Oh, Titanic. Oh, oh, that's Peter. He likes Titanic. But, but and then they might think of some other good movie. I'm like, well, I like that one too. Like, uh, I, uh, for some reason, anyways, I don't know where I was going with that thought. Basically, all right, here's here's some thoughts I've had that are completely different than the way I was raised, with um, kind of a, a more um, 
normal Christian upbringing, okay? Um, And this is somewhat due to the things I've been listening to and somewhat just because I recently, that because of the things I was listening to, I realized that I'm allowed to think other thoughts, right? Which is a, feels like a kindergarten type of realization. But for, I was kind of raised believing that you're not supposed to think other thoughts, which I'm a little bit upset about, but actually really upset about, but I'm just trying to make the best of it now by learning about philosophy, right? All right, so here's a few ideas that are a lot different than ideas I was supposed to have growing up. First of all, um, well, this is kind of a prefix. I don't I don't uh, believe in God anymore. My parents would probably be very sad to hear that. Um, I don't know if I'm um, atheist or agnostic or whatever. I don't, I'm just not really putting much thought into that anymore. If someone, I just don't really care about that anymore. There's too much other stuff to think about. Okay. My parents would probably be devastated and cry and my mom probably, I feel really bad. Okay. I feel like a lot of what I, a lot of, a lot of the reasons why I hung on to that sort of thing was just because I was afraid of disappointing my parents and it's weird. It's really weird, the things we hang on to, because we don't want to disappoint our parents. But we have to be our own person and think our own thoughts eventually, one day, right? Um, anyway, so the first thing is, I don't even, I don't think we have souls. Uh, whoever the first person was that came up with the idea of having a soul, that, that was a bold thought. Um, that, that is really, I mean, I feel like it doesn't seem weird to us now because, um, we're so used to thinking about souls, but if, if you'd never heard of the concept of a soul before, I feel like that'd be really weird. I guess it's just, I mean, I I don't want to turn this into a philosophy podcast, but I guess souls just kind of go on with the idea of wanting to, um, not actually die when you die or maybe something to do with make discerning the difference between humans and other animals or something, but I'm not really sure there is a difference. And I don't know if we do keep, keep on living when we die. Okay. So that's just a thought I'm thinking and not having a soul seems to have to me at the moment, make a lot more sense than having a soul, uh, in the sense that not having a soul, um, also makes a lot more sense than having any other, uh, invisible force living within me that no one can see or hear or touch or feel or prove. All right. Secondly, I guess I don't, I guess I don't believe in free will like that we can, uh, and this one's a little bit more complicated because, um, like I, I mean that in the sense that if we had free will, when you, when someone is free, they can do whatever they want, right? But we can't really do whatever we want. We're restricted by all sorts of rules, like the rules of physics and nature. I can't just suddenly have balloons for hands or fly or walk through a wall. I don't have free will in that sense. And we're also completely restricted by the just the normal laws of cause and effect. So even when, whenever we make a decision, I think that we're subject to cause and effect. Uh, we don't have free will in all the decisions we make because our mind is not magical. It's just a physical thing with chemical reactions going on, I guess, maybe as neurons fire. And maybe all this could be proven wrong 
with like quantum mechanics and stuff, it seems like everyone keeps finding out that everyone, everything falls apart at the quantum level, but also it doesn't seem like we understand everything that's happening there. And that's fine. I don't understand everything. And it's kind of more refreshing that way than claiming to understand everything uh, completely like I did growing up. But yeah, it's okay to feel like we have free will in our day-to-day lives on a surface level as our brain makes decisions. The, the, feeling of, the feeling of having free will, like, do I want this donut or that donut? It feels like I could choose either donut, but the donut I choose uh, was determined by all the little cause and effect and chemical reactions and all the infinite number of things that happened in the universe leading up to that point and everything that happened currently at that point. Um, everything affects everything else, right? So I feel like there's not actually free will. Just like nothing is really random. If you flip a coin, uh, it'll seem random to us just because we can't predict which way it'll land. But if it lands face up or tails up, uh, if you could look at everything that happened when the coin was being flipped, if you looked at the the way your thumb hit it and the way it flew through the air and the way all the little air particles interacted with it and uh, every little interaction that that happened with that coin as it was flipped, there would be a very satisfactory explanation uh, for the way the, the coin flipped and the way it landed, right? It's not actually random. We just call it random because we can't predict which way it will land in this tiny amount of time from when we flip it and when it lands. Okay, but no, this is, after all, not a philosophy podcast. Let's talk about something else. And after hearing me say all these weird things, you might be thinking, is this guy high? Actually, no. I am happy to announce uh, that I'm not high. Some of you may remember from a previous podcast, I mentioned some struggles I was having with weed and... Uh, I mean, I'm still struggling, but I am happy to announce that um, I haven't smoked weed in quite a long time now. I think since January 21st, if I remember correctly. And today is actually April 20th, uh, 420. So it's actually kind of apt to mention that. Um, I'm remarkably sober, and I'm happy to announce that. I mean, there are, I mean that I'm still struggling with it in the sense that there are some evenings or days when I'm just like, I really, really, really. Uh, want to smoke some weed right now, but I don't. And I think it's a lot better for me. It's, it's much better that I just have a, it's, it's a, it's a very passing moment. And, uh, that slight minute of agony is much, it's much better uh, than going down that rabbit hole again. If I could figure out a way to just, I mean, I don't want to, for some reason, I'm still uncomfortable about talking about uncomfortable talking about weed, but I don't know. It seems like kind of an adult topic, but basically, I just want to say if there was a way that I could just use use weed because it really does help me unwind a little bit. But if I could just use it to unwi- unwind on some e- evenings every now and then, like once or twice a week, that would be great. But I am bad at self-control, as I've already mentioned with the whole McDonald's thing, which is another thing I should treat like the weed if I I just need to not go at all. I just need to cold turkey the McDonald's like I did the weed. Um, 
if, if there was a way to just do it every now and then, that would be good. But if I have it in the house, I find ways to justify just smoking it all the time. And my, my, I just become incredibly unproductive and that makes me very unhappy. I mean, ideally there would be a way for me to learn how to be happy without being productive, but there's something about my mind, my personality that makes me uh, want to gauge my, my worth as a human by how productive I am or if, I, if I'm not getting things done, I don't feel happy. I don't know. It's some, there's some more things to discuss with my therapist. Um, and I haven't seen my therapist in a long time. I, have, I mean, I, used, I haven't gone to therapy since before COVID. I did one telehealth session with my therapist, you know, via like a video call. Uh, but I didn't really like it. It was, I felt very disconnected. I think, I think maybe obviously there the solution would be just to power through and get used to it. I think that that was the main issue. I wasn't used to it. But hopefully this will all be over soon. Like I mentioned, I don't know if this video has been published yet. At the time of me making this recording, I have made a video where I mentioned that I have been fully vaccinated, which feels really good. Like, I feel like I can breathe easy again, but I mean, I feel like we're still in this whole COVID thing and that we're, everyone still is having to wear masks everywhere and stuff like that. I just want it, you know, just like everyone has been for a year and a half now or whatever. I just want it to be all over again. I want to be able to go to therapy, see my therapist face to face, stuff like that. And obviously other things that everyone wants, like just being able to hang out in public, travel, go to concerts, see your friends, stuff like that. But, oh, there was something else I was going to say. I don't remember. Basically, yeah, everything's, everything's mostly okay. There were some other things I've been noticing while I was walking. Mostly the smells. I think they've said, studies have said, I don't know what studies these are. I think I've, I've seen headlines at most. I haven't read these studies, but I've seen headlines about studies or even maybe just references to headlines about studies saying that smell is the sense most closely tied into our sense of memory, right? So when you smell something, that's the thing that can take us back to previous memories in our life. Uh, and it's, and I'm, I'm, often surprised as I'm walking around my neighborhood and I just walk in like a, I kind of walk in a figure eight shape. Um, but I'm surprised by the chunks. I feel like I walk through chunks of smell because it, I feel like I get hit by strong smells and then they stop abruptly and then I hit, get hit by another strong smell. And maybe that's just the way the nose works or maybe I just don't notice the smell. Uh, until it's reached, reached a, sh a certain threshold or something. But uh, sometimes I'm just walking along and I smell uh, a smell that reminds me of like my friend's house that I used to go over to. There, there's a certain smell that smells like a, a house where someone has smoked cigarettes in it. And I think that's what the smell is. The, and it's weird because um, it doesn't really smell like cigarettes. It's just, to me, it just smells like my my friend's house always smelled like this. And I assumed it's because his parents smoked in the basement. Uh, but every now and then I get a, a waft of it, a solid 
solid whiff as I walk along. Of, and I never exactly know which house it is because I'm, you know, kind of equidistant from at least four houses at a time usually as I walk down the middle of the road and I get a waft from a house and I'm just like, so whatever they're doing in one of these houses was the exact same thing that my friend's parents were doing to that house that made it smell that way. But it just takes me back like, like 15, 20 years, right, to my childhood. My friend's house, I would go over there. I remember we played Star Wars. Um, it was the the um, not not Tie Fighter game. It was the the pod racing game on the computer. I think they had the same pod racing game on the PS2. But we played it on the computer. That was so fun. And then we watched his dad play. Um, I think it was like Freelancer, some some um, space fighting game that. On, on the computer that was too complicated for us to figure out, but we would watch him play it. It was awesome. There were like these huge ships being shot by lasers and stuff. That was all I, that's all I remember. And then sometimes I get hit by these other smells. Like uh, there's this one house that always, it, it has these pine trees and it's just like I'm walking through this, this pine wonderland. It's pungent and powerful. It's, it's like a pine air freshener in a car or maybe a candle, but there's like this invisible aura around these trees next to this house. And I walk along and every time I walk by it, I, I get ready to take a big in, inhalation of the, the smell of these pine trees. It's just so rich and it smells great. The, the smell just kind of lingers around these trees, maybe like 20 feet away. As I walk by, I get two or three good whiffs and then I'm gone. But I walk by pretty much, I walk by it twice on each walk. So usually the second time it's better because I sometimes am lost in thought the first time. So then the second time I'm more prepared. Okay, that was the sound of two days passing. Yep, since the last sentence, you heard me speak before this one, two days have passed and... Honestly, I don't know what I was talking about before. I think I was talking about walking around, smelling stuff. Uh, I was on some weird um, tangent, um, uh, as usual. Right now, as I'm talking, I'm picking some crusty... I think that's something from when I was eating... Sp I mean, I know... I think it's obvious why I have ants. I never eat in my kitchen. I eat at my computer almost all the time. But most of my ants are in the kitchen. I have... Only maybe 1% of my ants are here at my computer where I eat all my food. Most of my ants are crawling around my kitchen sink. And I've only seen one ant ever in my bedroom, thankfully. I make a very, very big point of never taking any, any type of food except my water bottle into my bedroom because I'm so afraid of attracting any sort of bugs in there because I know if I ever see like bugs crawling around my bed, my, my quality of sleep will suffer dramatically, or at least it might. Um, also something I did today that was a little bit different is I, I injected myself. I, for a long time now, I've been taking something called Topamax, which is a drug for my migraine headaches. Um, but I mean, then it, it got rid of like some chronic headaches I was getting headaches like four or five times a week, but now I still get some pretty bad migraines, like 
maybe four times a month migraines that last like one or two days. Like I can go to sleep with a migraine and feel the migraine in my sleep. Like while I, like while I'm sleeping, I can feel the pain. It's really weird and I wake up with it and I can't do much the whole day except just kind of wait for it to go away. If I move, it feels worse. I pretty much just sit around, take as many showers as I can. I use up all the hot water. Um, lights make it worse. You know, typical migraine stuff feels slightly nauseous. Something just fell off my desk. Anyways, um, anyway, so I went back to the doctor. I think, <laughs> I think I actually had like a telehealth appointment, right? Which I later got a two hundred dollar bill for. I was like, what? It was I just had a literal video call on my phone. Um, not even. A, I mean, not to. <laughs> She's an she's a nurse practitioner. Okay, she still knows a lot of stuff. She's great. I'm I'm not saying she's not worth two hundred dollars of my time for a ten minute call. It's just I guess I wasn't ex- expecting it, but I I didn't fight it. Okay, I paid it immediately. I was just alarmed. I didn't expect it, but I probably should have because I mean it still takes just as much of their time. But I guess I'm not. I guess I don't know. I guess I should. I do want it to be cheaper for it to be telehealth. Although I guess she's, I guess the doctor or nurse practitioner or whatever is still working and doing the video call out of, I mean, I'm trying to figure out if they still have all the same expenses to do telehealth. Like they're still there in the office. They still have to pay for the, you know, uh, you know, the building they're in, the offices they're in, the, the, the secretary still lined up my appointment and everything. So, I mean, I guess it's all right. And the telehealth stuff won't last forever. I don't know. Anyways, it costs $200 for like 10 minutes. My I have the worst possible insurance possible that I bought. Uh, and they even got rid of my option. My, my insurance was called catastrophic insurance. That was the literal name of it. And they got rid of it. So now my insurance is called like bronze insurance. They just, they got rid of what I was buying, which was the cheapest possible and made me, so now I'm like forced to buy slightly more expensive insurance. Anyways, anyways, I, all right, okay, tangent. Point is, um, they got me on this new type of migraine medicine called Amovig. If you want to look it up, A-M, nope, A-I-M-O-V-I-G, Amovig. And basically it's, I mean, I don't know much about medicine and drugs and stuff like that, but I, it's like an auto-injector um, needle, kind of maybe kind of like an EpiPen. I don't really know how EpiPens work now that I think about it, but basically how it works is every 30 days or every month, I have to inject myself with this drug. And I was a little bit wary because I'm not too good with needles. Um, like sometimes even with very brief and tame interactions with needles, I have passed out in the past. I think, I mean, I've probably told these stories. I'm not going to go into the, all those grim, gruesome stories. I mean, they're actually pretty tame, but for me, they were grim and gruesome because I passed out because of the needles. But anyway, so I was a little bit wary. I was like, am I, am I going to be okay injecting myself with this once a month? You know, because for some reason my mind freaks out about needles. Like, I, I don't think me personally, I don't think. Like, if you ask me, are needles scary? I'm like, no, it's just like a, just a little piece of metal, right? It's sharp. It goes into your skin. doesn't even, like, leave a gaping hole or anything. Like, 
Whoever invented injecting stuff through needles was a genius. Great idea. But there's something in my head, my psyche, however brains work, uh, even when we don't want them to. Like, I wish my brain... I wish needles didn't freak me out, but for some reason they do, right? Anyways, so... But thankfully with this thing, the first time I injected it, uh, I went in and I saw a nurse. Maybe, actually, maybe that's what cost $200. I'm trying to figure out where this bill came from, obviously. I went in and some nurse took me to a little examination room and I pulled up my shirt and pinched part of my belly and went through the little instructions on the thing. This is like a, it's like a drug uh, in a needle and you have to keep it refrigerated and then you pull it out, you wait 30 minutes for it to come to room temperature and then uh, you inject it into sub, some like subcutaneous fat and there are a few areas on your body where it's good like your thigh and your belly and I... And the lady was like, yeah, your belly is the best place. So I sat there, I pulled up my shirt, and I pinched my belly next to my belly button. And I did it. And, you know, you had to, like, take off the little guard on the front of it. And you push it onto your belly while you're pinching your belly. And the little part on the front of it pushes in. And then you push the button on the back. And you, there's a little window on the side of the injector. And you can see it going... Like being injected into you, it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. I feel. I try to convince myself I'm just like some sort of like Iron Man superhero sort of thing, powering myself up. Because you know, in the movies, it's so cool to like injecting or like some sort of video game. You know how in, in video games, if they're if you're healing yourself, it's just like full health, max health, powering up. You know, they just always have like random injectors that take like a split second, or you know, that is if it's not a. Uh, a bandage or something that takes them like one second to apply. I think it's like, what was it? Like player unknowns battlegrounds. They, there's like a million. No, no. You know, a game has cool, um, healing, um, animations and mechanics is, um, escape from Tarkov. I've never played it cause it looks way too sweaty. I guess is one way to put it, but I've watched some people stream that on Twitch and to escape from Tarkov has the coolest little, like animations and mechanics for healing yourself. Like they have all these different little packs, like, um, of like little needles and stuff. You like the guy will like open a little zip zipper pack of needles, open it up, pull the needle out, pop the cap off the needle with his thumb, inject himself. And I guess he feels better after that and throw the needle away, put the pack away. You know, it's like very, very detailed. Maybe that was supposed to be like an adrenaline shot or something. I don't, re I don't really remember what it was in the, context of the game i feel like i'm talking very fast right now just breathe peter let's take a moment to breathe everything's okay anyways yeah so i have like a slightly tender st spot on my belly there where i gave myself my injection earlier today um i think it's helping i only had like two migraines this month it's only the second time I've done it. I only had like two migraines in the past month instead of like the usual three to four. So I don't know. Maybe it takes a while for it to start working. Um, and then, the, but the lady wanted me to go see like a like a neurologist, like some sort of specialist. I'm like, at first I put it off, but then they called again just today actually saying like, hey, did you go see the neurologist? I'm like, um, actually I didn't return their calls because I have bad insurance and I don't think it covers specialists it covers like um just a couple of primary care visits uh, every now and then 
which obviously it seems like I've exhausted that. Um, I was like, do I have to go see the specialist? So now they're saying maybe they've, they can apply for me to go to some study if I qualify and I'll get paid for it. I don't, I don't really need to get paid for it. I just don't want to, you know, sometimes you go to these things and they don't tell you how much it costs and you, you know, like a month later you get a bill that's like a thousand dollars or something. So I don't know. That's, that's the most annoying part about it is like nowhere else in life do you go to something and they don't tell you how much it is until a month later or they don't tell you how much it's going to be. You're like, I can't walk up to the, to the, it seems like if, if when I do try asking how much it's going to be, maybe I should be a little bit more forward and upfront about it. They're always like, um, I don't know. You're going to have to check with your insurance. Like, like there's always some ongoing prolonged, uh, bureaucratic battle going on between doctors and insurance companies behind the scenes, just like papers and files and folders flying back and forth, memos and emails. And I don't know how it works, but it's, it seems like the dust never settles. Anyways, I just want less headaches. I just want to feel good. I think that'll probably involve me. Look, I know what I need to do. I need to stop. I mean, everyone seems to agree what you need to do on what you need to do to feel good, right? Of course, I need to stop eating McDonald's, eat fruits and vegetables. That's what they say. I just... It's not satisfying to eat fruits and vegetables. It's okay. I just need to, you know, I'm 30 years old. I just need to grow up and do it, I guess. I have so much discipline for like, I can have discipline for like one day when it comes to that stuff. But then the next day, my discipline goes away really fast. I'll tell myself, wait, why am I having this discipline? I'll be like feeling bad or something, you know? And I, I guess I use food as a coping mechanism to feel better. And the next day I'll be like, why am I using, what's the point of all this discipline when I could have a, a double quarter pounder with cheese and then I can't justify it or something. Oh, also I just wanted to say that when I was injecting myself, it didn't hurt at all. Uh, and I could barely feel it. The needle, whatever was injecting me, um, the first time, that uh, I was doing it with the nurse at the place. It was very uneventful. And then today I got this, I got the thing and the, the lady, the secretary at the doctor's office is like, Oh yeah, I tried that once. Like uh, I've had the lady at the, the sec, the secretary that I always talk to on the phone. She always, she apparently has had the same problem with migraines as me because everything I say that I'm, you know, like that, that the doctor, is setting me up with. She's like, oh yeah, I've tried that. She's, excuse me, she's taken the topiramate that I've taken. She's taken the Amavig. She said that none of that worked and that she has to get Botox shots now. That's the only thing that made her migraines go away. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll get that. But then I Googled Botox for migraines and that turns out you have to get like tw 20 shots 20 Botox shots around like the crown of your head, around your scalp, uh, like every three months or something. And that sounds like torture to me. That sounds worse than the migraines. I mean, I guess I am. I guess I am straight up scared of needles. That just sounds bad. I don't, I don't know. That has to hurt, right? I don't know. I guess my, I guess my migraines aren't that bad. I guess that's a good, um, good way to see how, if people are actually, how in pain they are. I don't know. 
Um, I don't know. I guess I just hope. Anyways. Anyways, I was about to inject myself today. But then I was about to freak out because I was like, wait, what if what if I do have a weird reaction and I do freak out from the needle and I started to like get nervous and I texted my mom. I was like, hey, can you please FaceTime me really quick so I can inject myself with this Amovig because I was afraid I was just going to like pass out of my chair or something, slump over on the floor. I just wanted, I just, and anyways, but then I was like, no, this is silly. And then I just did it and it was not painful and uh, nothing happened. And then I texted her again. I was like, never mind. I just did it. It was fine. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, she texted me like a minute later, like, sorry, I didn't have my phone with me. Something like that. Anyways, we still need to talk about what I should call the next podcast. Um, I want to call it something with a slightly more solid name, less, not such a long name like Peter's Content Free Podcast. Um, let me hear your ideas. And I think maybe I could have some content in the podcast, like even just like a topic or an idea to at least talk about um, for at least the beginning or part of it, you know? I mean, see, I think, I don't know why for so long I've been just so afraid to say what I think. And I think the big part of it is I've, I'm, I'm just terrified by this idea that I can never have all of the information, right? No matter how much I... I mean, it's not like I read a lot or, you know, I don't spend all day researching things, but I feel like almost some a kind of defeatist attitude, uh, you know, about sharing my opinions on things, stuff like that, because um, no matter how much I read or, or know, I feel like there's always, there can always be some sort of like gotcha out there. I can always be proven wrong by something that I didn't read or know, or I don't know, maybe that's part of it. But I don't know if that's a good reason to not say things as long as they're said and in, in good faith. And I guess if I'm if I think I'm right, I guess I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure either way. Anyways, um, I was just thinking out loud here. Some some names for the a future podcast could be um. Actually, I haven't really thought of any. Um, thinking aloud with Peter Draws. Or should I make it slightly more mature and stop? I, mean, I, could, I would still upload it on Peter Draws, but it should. No, no, I should keep Peter Draws. I was thinking maybe I could do with Peter Deligdish, you know, my real last name. Thoughts and things or saying words. Huh, saying words. That's simple. Straightforward. Um, uh, strings of words. Um, wait, uh. Subject, verb, object, punctuation, etc., uh, and so on and so forth. Have you ever thought about how weird it is that we say things like, we have to go, I have to do this, I have to um, go to the bathroom, you have to do this? How did that word have? Get it in there. Especially when you say something like, I have got to go. That word have doesn't make any sense. Every other time we use have, except in these situations similar to that, it, the word have means something totally different. Like you possess something, you own it, or or somehow like have it, right? But in those situations, 
sentences when you're saying like, I have to go, is it insinuating or is it, um, is it saying that like, is there like a presumed other word in there? Like I have a need to go, but you can, sometimes you also say I need to go. And when you say I have got to go, the word got, which is a very weird word when you say it too many times, got, 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 it just sounds like an even more extra word. I have got to go. I've, what does got, got also means like you possess something. I got it, which means I, I started owning it or I started possessing it, right? I, none of it makes any sense, but somehow it started, I'm sure, is, is this what, is this the type of thing that linguists study? How weird things in language started to be? I guess that every, were there ever like councils in languages when they're, People like sat down and be like, this is how our language is going to work. Did it, people ever create languages like that? Like, let's make English now. Let's make French. Let's make, I mean, maybe that, I feel like that is kind of how some languages, like maybe Italian had to be made because they're so, so much uh, nice little like structure and stuff to them. But some other language languages seem to really just have evolved from other languages over time. Isn't that the whole point of like the romance languages? Romance. Roman. Anyways, I don't know. That really just bugs me for some reason. I have got to do something. Is that is is that correct grammar? I have to do something? Or is that slang that has just become acceptable? All right, and um, in other news, my neighborhood is pretty nice. And this next complaint I'm going to make will make me sound... Maybe, I don't know, kind of cynical or like some old fogey. I don't know. Maybe like a kind of dad, but I don't know. Some some other kinds of dad type figures would heavily disagree with me. In fact, some, some older middle-aged men, I think, are kind of the problem here in this situation. Basically, as I've walked around in this neighborhood, um, I see that there is some weird version of... Uh, like a weird stillborn version of the American dream, that typical um, kind of classic version of the American dream, you know, the house, the lawn, the picket fence, the kids, the cars. Uh, that is kind of here, but it's kind of uh, stuck and only half realized in the sense that there's the house, the the cars. No one really has fences, but they could if they want to. Maybe they have fences in their backyard. They have the kids. They have the lawns. But none of it's really interacting. Maybe it's just because TVs and video games and air conditioning was invented. But the no one's playing in the lawns. No one's even using the lawns. Maybe the lawns get used maybe 1% of the time. But they still go to a, a great effort to maintain the lawns so that they can be used, even though no one uses them. And it really frustrates me because as I walk around, and I walk around all different times of day, even though I, I do intentionally avoid uh, maybe like 4 or, 5, 4 or 5 p.m. when everyone is getting home, and this is also when everyone else is, seems to be going on walks. So, I mean, maybe it is partly my fault because I try to avoid 
when other people are active, but I walk around at like noon and around midnight. Okay, so maybe it is my fault that I don't see much activity. What I see at noon, however, the only signs of life I see during the week is an extensive amount of lawn care companies being hired and landscaping companies. Uh, It's just like so much money is being poured into maintaining these lawns. And there's so many weekends when I get, you know, woken up by the sound of leaf blowers. And I know this is like, okay, Peter, you live in such a nice neighborhood. You get woken up by people with leaf blowers. I know, but it's just like, it, it could, so many of these weekends could be nice, quiet, relaxing days, but there's just this endless, just like this white leaf blowers are maybe the worst sound. This endless whiny drone of people being upset with there being leaves on the ground, like leaves on the ground and, and, and gra- grass clippings, pieces of grass on the ground. It's like they, they don't want the grass, they don't want the leaves on their grass and they don't, they cut their grass and then they don't want the grass clippings on their driveway because I don't know, their driveway is some kind of sacred ground where there can't be grass clippings. God forbid there's little pieces of grass on their driveway. What would happen if their car drove over one of those or they had to step on a piece of grass? But anyways, they yeah, then everyone, I don't know how much money, time, and effort goes into keeping these well-manicured lawns, right? Even I have gone to great effort to keep cutting my keep cutting my lawn and I had to I, I bought a um it's like part of my lease agreement I'm not leasing I'm renting it's part of my rental agreement that I had to mow the lawn so I bought a push lawnmower from like Home Depot for like 200 bucks and then it broke after I mowed like five times I was backing up and the um it's called a trail guard I found out I think that's what it's called the, the little flap on the back of the lawnmower that keeps stuff from flying out the back of the lawnmower and hitting you in the ankles, etc. Um, that part slowly became loosened and then I was pulling the lawnmower backwards and it got chopped up by the blades. So it's not completely broken. It's just kind of broken. I need to figure out how to replace that. But anyways, now I'm paying my landlord like 50 bucks a month to mow my yard. Their yard, I guess. But I never go in the yard. I don't care if the grass is long or short. They just want it to look good. They want it to be well-maintained. I don't know why. If if I, look, here's, here's what I would do if I owned a house and if there was no um, homeowners association, would, this is what I would do and it would probably upset the neighbors, okay? And well, one of my neighbors, for example, all, he does use his yard, but he only uses a tiny section of it. He has a small dog. And he stands out in a, in a section of his yard and he talks on business phone calls and practices his golf swing. He only needs like one square meter of trim grass, okay? At least he uses some of it, but he only needs one square meter of trim grass and his dog can poop right there and he'll pick it up or something, right? What I would do is I would make a little barrier around my house of like gravel maybe or something. This is so that I could walk around my house. 
um, do maintenance on it, you know, like shutter, you know, like maybe repaint stuff to uh, reach the gutters, the shutters, so on and so forth. Um, and the gravel would help with um, erosion and drainage and stuff like that, so on and so forth. And then the rest of it, all the grass, all the bushes, everything else, I would just let it go wild, right? First, at first, the it would turn into like really tall weeds, and then like small trees would start growing, and it would get out of control fast. And I bet all sorts of new wildlife would start living there, like insects and birds and uh, squirrels and possums and stuff. It would be like a wildlife refuge. It'd be awesome. It might even look cool. Or it might just look like regular wildlife. I feel like grass, lawn grass, is probably the most widely grown and pointless crop in the world. There's so much of it, and there's no reason for it. The only reason for it is maybe to help um, prevent erosion, and the only reason, you know, I I wouldn't just pave over all of it with, like, gravel or something is because, you know, it's, like, it's pretty good for preventing erosion and helping with drainage, and it's good for the, it's probably good for the ecology, you know, the economy, the whatever the nature is. I can't think of the word right now. There's someone there. I do have one person down the road who I have huge respect for. They have no grass at all. Their entire front yard is taken up by some big planters they've made. They're about two and a half feet high. Maybe they have like wood and aluminum siding and then they're filled with dirt and then they plant stuff in there. I haven't gotten really close enough to tell what they plant in there, but even the area between the uh, planters, they haven't tried growing any grass there. It's really just dirt with some, maybe some sort of gravel or something. And uh, I'm like, yeah, huge respect there. You're like, I feel like there should be more of that. Uh, they're probably growing like uh, vegetables in there. It's like a little urban garden. What's the point of growing grass? If I mean, I can, I can totally see the appeal if you have kids that want to go out and play in the grass. Uh, I mean, but most kids I know are more than happy to play in long grass. It's like, uh, but I mean, but, but regardless, most of these people, um, I never see, never see kids out there playing in their yards ever. I've seen like two kids playing in a yard my whole, my whole time here. But like I said, granted, I usually don't go outside at the time when other people are outside, mostly because that's when other people outside and it distracts me from the audiobooks I'm listening to just the fact that I have to like make a conscious acknowledgement that there's another person there and I might have to like walk around them or maybe they might say something to me they just take up a little slight amount of mental power and then I'm more likely to miss something in the audiobook and I might have to skip backwards you know and re-listen to it that's the main reason I like walking when there's no one else out there, and it's like my own little world, where I just look at all the empty houses and make judgments on them about their yards and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a good time. I just wanted to, I just, I just wanted to rant for a minute about, but, but, uh, but leaf blowers, I, that's really the most pointless thing. I really, 
Why blow leaves around? Who cares? Why blow grass clippings around? That's so annoying to me. Also, I never wash my car. Okay? Same principle. We live, we live in a world made of dirt, and you want to drive around in it and try to have a clean car? That's ridiculous. The inside of your car I can understand washing because you actually touch and interact with that part. And maybe I can see, like, maybe, well, you could, you could make the argument that it makes the paint last longer. Like it uh, will start rusting the paint sooner if you leave dirt on it. I don't know if that's true or not. I feel like the, the paint on modern cars, at least, is pretty sturdy. And if there's a little layer of grime on there, it shouldn't make much of a difference. But maybe it does. I'm not sure. I'm not talking about the, the level of dirt, like if you went mudding or something. But the people who go mudding, those people intentionally sometimes leave the mud all over their car just so people know that they went mudding, I feel like. Also, I have an idea for a book I want to write. And the, I the idea is, let me know what you think of this. I don't know if I really care what you think of it, because I kind of want to do it anyways, but I'm just thinking out loud here. Maybe that's what I should call the podcast, thinking out loud. But I don't know, that seems like it's probably already been done. I don't know how, I feel like it really does need to be at least a little bit catchy or you'll People who are, I need people who are scrolling through a million different podcasts and who have never heard of me before, right? I need to capture at least a little bit of outside people. I feel like, I don't, I don't know if anyone who's never heard of Peter's content-free podcast have ever clicked on Peter's content-free podcast. It sounds like maybe the worst podcast ever, right? I don't know. Anyways. Here's my idea. My idea is like the doodle version of a novel and yeah, the doodle version of a novel. And it's not meant to be read. It's really just a, like an, an idea of a piece of art. The idea is that I just write however long a novel is supposed to be. What is it? Like 50, 70,000, a hundred, 200,000 words. I just start writing and just keep writing, and I never hit backspace. I never go back and edit or change anything. Uh, I just keep going forward and write. I never plan anything out. I never write an outline or, or anything. I just write and write and write until it's done because that's pretty much the same um, the same I, same way I go about drawing my pictures. I don't plan anything out. I, I don't undo anything. I don't edit it at all. I mean, I do kind of edit it sometimes when I scan them in, but mostly I don't edit them, you know? And then, so then at the end, I'll have a novel and I can publish it uh, just through like Amazon or whatever, self-publish it. And then people can have the Peter Draws novel, uh, you know, and it'll be a nice thick book, you know, like 200 pages or something. And they can put it there on their bookshelf and not read it like all the other books that we all have that we don't read, but we have it because it's by an author we like or it's famous or it looks good on the bookshelf or something. Like there are a million other reasons people have um, books a lot of the time, I feel like. And I feel like the fact that it's kind of 
an artistic project. Like just the fact that the words are have been spilled out in a very linear order. Like they all came out in that order and that's the order they are in the book or the order they popped into my head. I don't know if that has ever happened in many other books. I could even add some little illustrations, like maybe one drawing per chapter or something like that. It could be interesting. I don't know. I would never expect anyone to ever read the whole thing because I think it would be pretty unread- unreadable or boring. But that wouldn't really be the point of it. But anyways, that idea kind of tickles me. But sometimes I have a lot of these ideas that are fun to knock around in my head. And then it usually happens that once I've usually happens that once I've got all the supplies in front of me that I'm like, eh, it was more fun to think about than to actually do. So that could be one of those. Because I feel like if it was a really good idea, I would have just started already. I keep on telling myself I need to wait till I have, you know, it's one of those things, I need to wait till I have enough time, the right time, to just sit down and do it. But it's never going to be the right time or enough time. You just got to start. Just got to do it. Maybe today. I'll just keep like a Word document open and just type on it every now and then until there's 100,000 words. And then I publish it because it's free to do it. No reason not to. Anyways, I think I think if I stop the podcast now, then it'll probably be long enough for the whole thing to be 24 hours long. All 24 episodes. That is, of course, unless my calculations are horribly wrong which is entirely possible. I have made horribly wrong calculations before, and I expect I will again. So I just want to extend a hearty and heartfelt thank you to everyone who has, first of all, gotten to the end of this podcast episode. And I know there are some of you who have listened to every single episode of Peter's Content Free Podcast. I want to say thank you. You're, you're amazing. I know there's people out there saying that they have listened to every episode multiple times. And uh, all of the people who have just been so encouraging along the way saying that they listen to it, you know, to calm down or to go to sleep or while they're drawing or working or driving or whatever. Um, like all the encouragement, it goes a huge long way. And I thank you for it. I, I am not the best at uh, responding to every message and email and comment and everything like that, but I see so much stuff. It pours in and it fills me up and it helps me a lot, especially on you know days when I feel a little bit discouraged. Um, so I I owe you all a lot in that way, and so thank you. Um, I hope to make more of these podcasts. I just I just need to figure out a way that um, I'm a little bit more. Uh, excited about it or something, I guess. Then I think, I think I, I think I'll be able to find that way. So thank you all. Take it easy. And, uh, yeah. Goodbye for now. All right. Peter draws signing out. Goodbye.